This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. I want to shout out good, huge thank you to all of you that uh, helped us uh, the past few weeks by helping the church, all those that you served, and uh, Paul and Lisa, and, and for sharing. So appreciate them. Can we give a hand to them? Thank you for sharing on the family and uh, important things, things that uh, we are all in need of as, as families. Children are dismissed. Um, uh, then I want to encourage you about the, the, the uh, Discover Your Gift training next week. So be a part of that. We're going to serve you food. It's nice to have a pastor that's Italian because he likes to eat. And so we're going to feed you. We're going to take care of you. So I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, part of Harvest, you know, and this why today we have three by ten today, which actually is going to be two by ten, just to let you know. <laughs> so we have two that will be sharing. But uh, uh, we, we try to stay intentional about uh, our equipping, and that's my passion, my wife and I, and that's been the theme of this church uh, over the last 20 years. And God has blessed us with uh, so many people with uh, so many gifts. And how many know that not everyone is called to the fivefold ministry to preach and teach? And some, to stand up here, is the most horrific thing, the most horrifying thing in their whole life ever. And so we don't want to put anyone on the spot, but you know, we really feel that God has given everybody a story to share. Amen. And so, so we want to, I want to welcome Marilee Retzloff and Phil Salmon to come up. Let's give them a hand. I'm going to grab another chair over here. And they're going to be our two by ten today. And uh, uh well. <laughs> We'll see how it goes. <laughs> so uh, thank you. Cleaning up the stage here. Um, so one of the things, though, uh, I, I like to say each time is someone once said that life is God's gift to me, and what I do with it is my gift to God. And some of you, uh, how many of you know that you all have a gift of your life, and what you do with that is going to be determined, you know, in the afterlife, uh, how we live our life today. Can I get an Amen. How many know that our life is not all about us? But you know what? God's given us, and we are truly blessed. As a people, we are blessed. And so the greatest gift we can give back to God is serving him and his purposes on earth with our lives. So, so each of them are going to have 10 minutes, and I know they cued the bell up in the back because they're ready to go for that. And they're going to hear a little bell. It's wonderful. Let's appreciate our sound people and the salmons back there. We love you guys. Um, and so that means their 10 minutes are up. And so we want to we hear their story and, and what God uh, is doing in our life. And I want us to encourage them. Can we do that? Encourage them a, as they go. So, so uh, let's uh, start off with uh, Brother Phil. Can you uh, begin? And now, uh, well, let's give Phil a hand as he begins. Thank you. Uh, two things. First off, uh, men, just so you know, you cannot mix shea butter shampoo and jojoba and avocado conditioner. Okay? I'll just get that out of the way right up front. Um, part of my, uh, my church, I looked at this as kind of my testimony this morning because uh, 
Revelation 12, it says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. And our testimonies are probably the most powerful things we can tell someone else. What the Lord has done in our lives, things that are impossible to man, the Lord can do and will do in your life. And Terry and I didn't learn that until, oh gosh, we got saved 21 years ago. Uh, we had uh, had some tumultuous times before that. I mentioned, I think, one time before that my uh, father was Catholic from Brooklyn. Uh, my mom was a Methodist from Illinois, so I was raised confused. And uh, I didn't really have much of a church experience uh, except for a part-time in high school. And uh, I knew a lot of people who were very religious, uh, folks I served with in the military, uh, the, the Pastor Mike types uh, on board the Navy, a rare thing. Um, Navy, yeah, that's why we have Marines. They were fun. <clears throat> Uh, after we got saved, it was a pretty dramatic change. Uh, and we were very fortunate to be saved in a church that was very much like Harvest. Uh, they, they walked out the Word of God. They preached from the Bible. And they looked to equip the saints to raise and train up people to make disciples, to do missions work. And it's very true in, in the Word that when you, uh, when you come to the Lord... You, you run the risk of losing friends and family and things like that. Uh, we moved around a lot once we got saved. And it was primarily looking for, you know, that next pay level, that next grade, that type of thing. So we've been to different churches between Virginia and Alaska and several states in between. We've had a lot of different church experiences, some beyond belief, some beyond belief, if you, if you know what I mean. And we lost a lot of friends along the way. We lost a lot of family along the way. Uh, in fact, I have a, a great nephew and his wife and a niece and or nephew and his wife that uh, are about the only family we have that still talk to us, but there are believers as well, so that kind of gives us that common bond. Matthew 12 says, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. And he replied to them, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And after we got saved, we began to see the reality of this as we slowly had more distance put between us and our blood relatives. But the amazing thing was we had this massive, far-reaching church family that began to step up in so many different ways. One of the first things that we did when we got saved was go through a small group study sponsored by the church called Experiencing God. And uh, I'll take a 10-second plug here to say, if you've never done this study, I want to do it again. I would do it several times over. I see heads nodding over here. It was the most powerful thing that really set Terry and I on the right path and put our feet on the rock. It, it gave us the knowledge and the desire to seek after the Lord. And our church family, at that time my church, fed us and lifted us up. And they got us engaged. We, did, we served in the church. We had a, a big coffee espresso bar area. We served in the coffee ministry, and it was wonderful. We did small groups like crazy. Uh, love that. If, uh, I highly recommend that you've got to do the experiencing God. Um, we've done a lot of different small groups. There was a time when we didn't have a church. We had one of those I couldn't believe it type of moments with the church where we ended up leaving along with several other families when the pastor kind of made a bizarre left turn 180. And 
our church became about five different families, and we met uh, every Friday night for anywhere from three to seven or eight hours after work. Uh, the kids would come up crying, I'm tired, I want to go to bed. We should lay down on the couch. It was only midnight. And we were concordances out and Bibles out. We did this for about a year and a half. We tithed. And we used that tithe at one point. Uh, one of the gentlemen in the group had a bad motorcycle accident. Couldn't week for, work for several weeks. And out of the tithing, we paid his mortgage and his electric bill and his car payment. And it brought his wife to tears. But that's what your church does. That's what your family does. They support you, they care for you, they foster you, they grow you. Small groups are so foundational to the church because in the small group, you get that closeness. In the Acts church, they saw each other daily. They didn't have to find out on an email string or a text chain that someone needed something. They could look across the room and see it in their face. Something's bothering you. I'm going to go to my brother my sister and see what's going on. What can I do to help? How can I step in? Terry and I discovered the best way to minimize all the worries and things that are on your mind that are bothering you. Go pray for somebody else. Go speak a word into their life. If you ask the Holy Spirit, the Lord will give you that word to speak into their lives. That's part of a spiritual gifting, to speak into someone else's life, that word of knowledge, revelation knowledge. And the upcoming spiritual gifting, our first church led us into our spiritual gifts. And, and it's, when you find a church that does that, it, it holds on to it tightly. This church is, it hires us so good about raising people up in, in, in service and ministry, small groups, nursery, wherever it is. There's a place for you to plug in those gifts. A uh, couple of quick uh, testimonies. The church we went to in Kentucky, we went one Sunday, the first Sunday we were there. Didn't know anybody. Had just moved into town. I'd been in town about four weeks. Second church we'd ever been to after we got saved. And I mentioned to one of the gentlemen I'd met, I didn't even remember his name, I said, all we have to do now is figure out how to get the lawn mowed at the house we just bought. Monday afternoon, here comes this truck pulling into the driveway. This guy's got a big riding lawnmower and a push mower in the back, and he had to introduce himself. He said, I had the afternoon off. I heard you say something about lawnmower. Let's, just, let's mow your yard. Okay, so we mowed the yard. We began to bond a little bit more. Several months later, the water heater in our house conked out. And I thought, oh, it's just the heating element. So as I go to, if you ever worked on a water heater, uh, you're supposed to just unscrew the element and it pulls out and you unwire it and you wire the new one, put it back in. Oh, I unscrewed it, went to pull it out and it wouldn't move and it wouldn't move. And it would, so I got a crowbar to print. What comes out is handfuls of calcified rock in this 40 gallon water heater. So about 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, I called the same guy who worked in the plumbing trade. I said, Steve, can you help me with this? What do I do? He came over, and we were there until about 1 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday night. We had to drill the elements off. We had to tear. We pulled a garbage can this tall full of calcified rock out of this. It had never been changed in 40 years. It was horrible. But he just showed up. And, and that's what your family will do for you, your church family. You can go anywhere in the world and find believers, and, and they're your family. If you look on my Facebook page, I have lots of friends listed on there. There's like, I say, two blood relatives. The overwhelming majority of people on my friends list are people up from my church family from Virginia to Montana, Kentucky, Tennessee, Alaska. And I'm still in touch with these people. And, and all you have to do is pick up a phone. I got a call one afternoon from one of my friends in Alaska who was driving down to Florida. And he got turned around somewhere in south central Idaho. Calls me up, but I really hadn't talked to him in several months. Hey, look on your computer and tell me where this is. This is I'm lost. How do I get out of here? So every day for the next week and a half, I'd help him march. He's my mentor. Awesome, awesome man of God. 
But you only find these things out when you're face-to-face, one-on-one with people. Your church family provides that in the small groups. Um, last story, I, I, uh, and this is a great one. I was in need of a vehicle. We lived in Kentucky, and I put an email out to some of the guys in New Church. Hey, going to sell off some of my sporting goods. I need to get a vehicle to get to work. One of the guys writes back. He says, well, what are you looking for in a vehicle? I said, I don't know, four doors, windows, brakes. I'm not fussy. He says, well, I have a van that's been sitting out my place for a couple of years. I don't know if it runs or not, but if, it, if we can get it running, you can have it. So we go out, can of starter fluid, fires right over. I forget, it was a 1982 Chevy van. So I started driving it. I drive it for the next year and a half. We moved from Kentucky down to Tennessee. We get to the church in Tennessee, and there was a family in the church with, well, I want to say at least four, maybe five kids. And they're driving like a Hyundai. So when they get to church, it looked like a clown car. Okay. I happened to come across another vehicle, so I gave them the van to use for four or five months. They used the van for four or five months. Got a different vehicle, gave it back to me. Another family in the church ran and gave them the van. We shared that van for another two and a half years. When we moved away, I left the title with one of the guys who was driving it last, and last I heard they were still driving it around. We put one headlight in it, and we put front brakes on it in like four and a half years. Your church family is, is, is the key part of your walk. They will, they will lead you. They will lift you up. They'll rebuke you in a loving way. I've had that happen to me, and I've had to go back and apologize. I say, yeah, you were right. I was wrong, and I, you know, I really appreciate you speaking into my life. They will lift you up, and they will love you. They will keep you anchored to the rock and all of the issues that come against you. Good morning, everyone. Um, when I moved here across, uh, from across the country a few years ago, I was very thankful that a committed group of believers had already established and nurtured Harvest so that I could come here. And I call this an oasis here. Moving here was a very big deal for me, so I needed an oasis. I was saved when I was 21, and I've always belonged to an, a local body of believers. I might say local church, but you know it's body of believers is what I'm saying. It is, it, that experience is what's taken me from that first walk down the aisle where I made Jesus my Lord into a lifestyle of a, as a mature believer. That doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen by just showing up on Sunday. It, it happens because you are committed and you are here in the good times and the bad times. And I'm very thankful that across the country I've had a, um, great bodies of believers to, to help me. The Bible talks about salvation being past, present, and future. 2 Timothy 1.9, we have been saved, so we all remember a time where we have received Jesus and for, received forgiveness for our sins. So that's a, a past. We are being saved, um, 1 Corinthians 1.18 talks about, through God's power and growth and perseverance. It's an ongoing thing. Finally, we will be saved at this finally and completely saved at the uh, coming of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus, Romans 5, 9, and 10. The process for that working out our salvation thing could be called sanctification. And I'm, we've heard that word before, but I'll just give you a little definition. It's the state of proper functioning um, or set apart for its intended use by the designer. When we live according to God's design and purpose, we are sanctified. Or it, Again, it's a process. 
Um, we need that process in order to fulfill the great commission and what we're doing here. Um, we can't rely on baby Christians to run out there and do the event, work of the evangelism and the mission. We need mature uh, believers to do that. 2 Corinthians 5.15 has been an anchor scripture for me. It's why we're here. Why are we here today? Why do we keep coming back? This is, my scriptures are all from the Amplified Bible. And he died so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. That's what we're here for. We're here to live for him. That's much more than just beyond salvation and just saying, oh, I'm a Christian. It's being a committed Christian versus a carnal Christian. Now, a lot of us went through that walk as we tried to figure it out. We were carnal for a while and then eventually made our uh, way to committed Christian. And hopefully, all of us are on our way to what I would call sold out Christian. And I know that might be an older term, maybe living with the um, unending love and passion for Jesus. Maybe that's a newer phrase. Um, how, how, can, how does this happen? Well, how can we go from uh, being saved to actually working this out? And how can, um, while we're on our way to heaven, we need to help other people along the way? That's only through the local church that this transformation happens. Um, an evangelist can come to town and move, have a great message, and many people get saved, and that's fabulous. But what happens after the evangelist leaves? Um, without the local church loving and teaching and modeling Christ-like behavior, we're not perfect, but that's what we strive to do, those people are not likely to grow to their full potential in the kingdom. In my church experience, there were many saints, mostly older people, who welcomed me and mentored me and loved me. Their faithfulness and goodness is what kept me coming back. I wanted to be like them. I wanted to help them. I was so thankful for a place of acceptance around the country, especially if I was away from my family, my biological family. At this season of my life, one of the most important things I can do here, I believe, is, is to be here and to show up every time the doors are open. Maybe I can make the coffee. Maybe I can greet some people. Maybe I can share something that I've learned over the years. Um, maybe it's just listening to someone's story. Um, the work that my mentors did in, lives on in me, and hopefully I can be an example to somebody. There are reminders about our, regarding our church family in Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13.1 says, Let love for your fellow believers continue and be a fixed practice with you. Never let it fail. Never let your love fail for your fellow believers. Hebrews 13.16, Do not forget or neglect to do kindness and good, to be generous and distribute and contribute to the needy of the church as embodiment and proof of fellowship, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Pleasing to God. Isn't that what we all want to do every day? So that by ministering to our brothers and sisters, there's a great way to do that. With the word sacrifice in there, I think that means in season and out of season, when it's convenient for us and when it's not convenient. God allowed me to be part of the Brownsville Assembly of God Church before the revival began in the 90s. 
at that time, that church was made up of a, a group, a large group of solid believers. They were faithful. They had a strong biblical uh, understanding and practice. To me, that strength is what carried, initially carried the work of the revival. When hundreds of people came to the church uh, looking for a touch from God, they came for salvation and deliverance and healing. It took every available member to, uh, night after night to minister to each one. It took a lot of people just to run the church with all, that pe all that, the number of people that came through. To me, that church was ready for revival due to the faithfulness and commitment of many fine Christians. Uh, later, I attended um, another church, Charity Chapel, and I'm still kind of a part of that church in Pensacola. And we, can all, we all know the fabulous things that the church body does. Yes, they love us. They help us with baby dedication, weddings. And then when we lose somebody, I lost my husband, I'm still part of that church, and they help me through that experience. And I can go there now, and I can talk to people who remember him. And that is such a blessing. That's family. There is the a definition of family right there. It has been exciting for me to witness the growth here at Harvest in the time that I have been here. I don't know what God plans to do with this, bodies of this body of believers, but I want to be in my place ready to love and serve my brothers and sisters who are already here and those who will be coming. I'm thankful for the mission, vision, and action of this, my church. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you both. It's always a blessing to hear and, uh, people's stories and what God has done in and through their lives. Will you stand with me this morning and we're going to conclude. Um, <clears throat> you know, I recently met with a pastor, a very large church out of state. I just had a chance to connect with him and his wife and it was a tremendous blessing for my wife and I and you know, we've been, we started this church, I don't know if you know, in our living room with three or four people. Some of them still still with us. Some, have, you know, moved on to heaven and, and, and uh, some out of state. But God has blessed this church. And we've had 20 years of a church that, uh, uh, that has impacted a number of nations. And I said this before we left, that we've expended over 800,000 in missions. This church, I want it to sink in, 800,000. That's, if we had that money right now, we'd be in our building. But we sowed it. What does that say? Those seeds are coming back. You need to know that, those seeds. And, and, and for a while, you know, when you plug away and how many know sometimes you, you, you think like, hey, am I the guy to continue this on? I'm just being honest with you. You know, we started it and, and but I really... It's been solidified in my heart and my wife. We're here to stay. <clears throat> that punch to my hand was harder than your clap was to me. Because <laughs> I know what that means. And God wants us to finish strong. And so we are one of the few pastors of this community that has been here this long. Pastors come and go. It's just, you know, they look for the next thing. But we are here, and we started this work not looking for something greater, okay? 
And they've been, you know, I had an opportunity to pastor a very large church in Minneapolis. They contacted me. They're in the past in the search committee, and they said, will you come? I'm like, why are you asking me? He said, your name came up. Who knew me, you know? <clears throat> well, we love your spirit and where you're at. And it had thousands of people. It was in Minneapolis. I said, no, nope. God's called me here to harvest to you people and to the ones that are to come. And let me tell you something. I don't know exactly what the future holds and our next step, but I'm telling you, our next step is going to be one of the, part of the greatest step of our church. Now, now hear me, what I'm saying, I, I believe this. My wife and I, this pastor said to me, he said, Pastor, I know for certain that the greatest years of you and your wife in ministry and harvest are ahead, not behind. I went, well, at times I don't feel that, but how many of you know it's not about me and our strength, but the power of the Holy Spirit. When we're weak, he is strong. So I want to encourage you, I want you to know my wife and I, we're here. Okay, so get that out of your mind. Now, every Monday, I usually wrestle with stuff. Those are probably good days to send me texts. Thank you, Pastor. We love that message because I felt it was a bomb. But here's the thing. I'm not going to do that anymore. I told my wife, I'm going to just, just change that. I'm going to go, you know what? Someone needed to hear that because there are times when I feel this is going nowhere, this message, and somebody gets saved. I don't get it. And the Lord is saying, you just need to feel good all the time, or do you need to trust me in my word that it's working? My word is working. And the word of God is working no matter what. Whoever shares whatever, I believe that. And we're going to continue to grow and increase, and there's some things, we even had some prophetic words that, like, we've been pedaling up a hill, but how many you know when you pedal hard and you get up that hill, right, Angie? And all that lactic acid is in there, and you're thinking, I can't make it, and then you come down that hill... Is smooth sailing. That's where some future of our church. Your church. Your church. I believe that. Because we have sown. The Bible says we have cast our bread upon the water. And the Bible says after many days, you're going to get it back. That means everyone will experience that blessing of harvest. Amen? Amen? Come on, let's just pray. Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you for your word going forth. We thank you for your presence here in this house, Father God. And though we believe by faith that the greatest days, the greatest days in Christ, in this church, are ahead, not behind. There's so much, so much more that you're going to rapidly move on our behalf, Lord. And so, Lord, our word for this church this year is to stand, therefore, Stand with our loins girt about with truth and the breastplate of righteousness, our, uh, that helmet of salvation and our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and taking it the shield of faith and in our hand the sword of the spirit. And, and Lord God, we clothe ourselves in the armor of God and we move forward. And, and we just say, Lord, there's no armor of protection for our back because we're not turning back. We're moving forward in the armor, in the strength of God. And so I just thank you, Lord, for every dime that has been given into this house. Lord, those seeds are going to return. They are going to return in our families, in our children's lives, in our, on our, with our spouse. Lord, in relationships in this church, I just feel to declare, some of you felt you've lost a relationship. God has five more that are coming in your life, and you're not going to know what to do with it because there's going to be so many people in the season of life that you're in, he's going to bring a multiplicity, a fruition of relationships that just fit. And they're going to be men and women that are godly, that will love you, that will help you, that'll lift you up, not bring you down. I prophetically declare that now. In the mighty name of Jesus, 
over this body. Lord, I just thank you for the spirit of grace that is here even now. Thank you, Father, for your presence. And Lord, for those that have not truly surrendered their heart to you, Lord, I pray right now that they would make a conscious decision, that they would receive Jesus in their life. Is that how do you do that? Let me just lead you through a prayer, a prayer of repentance, a prayer of, uh, for you to re receive Christ into your life. Can we do that now? Church, say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Jesus, thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name we pray. And so, Lord, we just thank you right now. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, God meant it, and the Holy Spirit was right now imparted into your spirit and he saved you. That's what the word of God says. Father, I just thank you that we shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace here today. And every time we gather together, there'll be a continued increase of your presence. I declare it now. And I just thank you, Lord, the signs and the wonders and the miraculous and the things that, that you put on all of our hearts, Father, the miracles and situations we've prayed. We're coming to a day of fruition to receive in fullness what we have sown and we will reap. And I just declare it now over this church body. Hallelujah. We just thank you, Lord. We thank, thank you. you for joining us today in the ministry of God's word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times in meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.